Hey guys, I'm Taylor. And I'm Erica. And we're your hosts for Finding the Family. Finding the Family is a podcast that we created that talks about discipleship at home. We brought in ministry leaders and professionals to bring different conversations to light about how hard it is and how simple it is to make disciples at home and how we can find their family identity in Christ. This week is a very special episode. It's our Easter episode when we're joined with Bree and Riley Sullivan, some very close friends of ours, and they're going to talk about it being a blended family but you're going to want to make sure you stay tuned to the very end because we've done something a little unique and different that we think you'll all enjoy. So stay tuned. Thanks for joining us this week on Finding the Family. We're here with the Sullivan family. We have Riley and Bree. Guys, thanks for being here with us today. Thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. us. Uh, this is like our Easter special, and yes. I'm really excited about the uniqueness of this episode. So what we've done is we had the Sullivans interview their three kids, uh, Jackson, Bailey, and Thomas. They asked them each a question. So we're going to, Eric and I are going to read the questions and their Potential responses. We're going to give you multiple choices. We want you as viewers to see what you think the kids said. And at the end, we'll show the videos uh, that they took. But yes. we'll start with Jackson first. So we asked Bree and Riley to ask Jackson this question. Why are you thankful Jesus died and rose for us? Was Jackson's response, A, because the Romans were very, very mad at him? Was it B, so we can go to heaven? Or was it C, so we can all enjoy our farm animals together? <laughs> all good. Okay. And then for Miss Bailey, they asked her, how do we celebrate celebrate Easter? So A, by tackling the Easter bunny. B, we take the eggs from our real chickens and we do a scavenger hunt. Or C, we go to church and we eat candy. And then the last one's Tommy. Tommy B, who would quickly correct us to say it is not Tommy B. Uh, so we asked Tommy, do you know about the Easter bunny? What does he have to do with Easter? Was his response A, my mommy said we don't celebrate a bunny. <laughs> B, when I was sitting by him, I was scared. And he's in Easter because he celebrates God's birthday. Or was it C, I know him. Daddy dresses up as him and hides all our eggs on Sundays. So we want you guys, what do you think your responses were? If you yes, know, no cheating. if you know the kids, you probably know the answer. <laughs> um, but at the end, we'll, we'll show the clips of them. So stay tuned for that. But Bree and Riley, uh, again, thanks for being here. We kind of went in to talk about, you know, Jackson, Bailey and Thomas, but mm -hmm. I want to hear from you guys. They are your children now. And you guys went through a crazy process uh, to be where you're at now. So tell us a little bit about your journey and, and where you're at now with having these three beautiful children in your life. Yeah, so um, all three are adopted now, um, adjusting well to what life looks like yeah. with that. Um, so when Riley and I, even when we were just dating, probably still in high school, we knew at some point we wanted to foster or adopt, um, but we also wanted biological kids as well. Um, so flash forward, we're married, um, so young married, um, and 
COVID hits and the world is like turned upside down. Yeah. And we're like, man, I don't know. Do we really want to have any kids? We just, you know, the world was crazy at that time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then fast forward six-ish months and I was working a job where I saw it pretty much it became evident to me of um, the Indiana Adoption Program mm-hmm. and basically a, a catalog of kids who need homes. And so we were reading up on just all of the kids and there's just a brief summary on each child or sibling group. And we found a group that we were like, oh my gosh, they would fit in so well to our life. And of course those summaries don't include everything to know. <laughs> um, so we yeah. later found out um, those two precious boys were far out of what we could parent successfully um, as, you know, literally not even parents yet. So God really took the wheel and um, led us to, to our kids. And I truly believe that they were meant to be ours. I mean, for all of eternity that it's God meant for them to be our kids. And um, yeah, it just, it never should have happened realistically the way yeah. that it all unfolded mm-hmm. and it did. And yeah, I'll never forget the first Sunday you guys came. So you guys came to church and we were talking and I don't remember if you had the kids at the time or not, but you guys came to church then one Sunday and you had Thomas and Bailey with you and you guys were just babysitting them and you were like, yeah, we think we want to foster. So we're watching them for the weekend, kind of going through that process and to look at you now, like now those are your children. Yeah. So, so Riley, talk a little bit about like as a dad adjusting to, you went from babysitting some kids, you know, praying through this process of like, what is it like to be a foster parent to adopt yeah. kids to what it's like now? Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, it was a big transition. Um, yeah. I was wanting to be a parent mm-hmm. at the same time. It, you know, it's scary. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, especially was it scary kids. because you know what it's like now? <laughs> uh, that was scary then too. Yeah. Uh, going into it, like going from zero kids to two kids. And then shortly after that one kid mm-hmm. and then adding another one, having yeah. three total. Yeah. Um, big adjustment in learning like what works and what doesn't work. And, oh. uh, what battles to fight and what, what just to <laughs> let go. go. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I think like one of the reasons like we wanted you guys here today is because like you went into foster, you know, the, the, the stance to be fostered and then you adopted. It wasn't like this perfect dream of, Oh, we'll conceive, we'll have children. We'll raise them from an infant stage all the way up and mm-hmm. they'll be molded into our kids. It's like now you, you have t- Jackson's six and mm-hmm. Bailey is, Six. six now. Oh, yeah. yeah. She just had her birthday. Yep. Silly me. And then uh, Tommy is now four. He's four because in December was his birthday. Yes. Right? Okay. So you have six, a six, and a four-year-old. And you've only had them for how long now? Like two, uh, two almost years? Two years. Almost yeah, almost two years. two years now. So you didn't have infants. You had babies who had had some pretty crazy experiences in life. And mm. now you're in a home together. So it was husband, it's wife, and it's three children you know, with, you know, I know Tommy and Bailey had one upbringing that was somewhat similar, but like same time, like they're, they're three kids. Now they're in one home. So mm-hmm. as a man, was it, is it, is it a struggle for you to try to find that balance? Um, is there something that's working, not working or? Um, I think every day is a challenge. Yeah. Um, you go into it, uh, not knowing 
what it's going to be like. Yeah. Um, I know for the longest time, um, you know, I, I am the stricter of the parent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Same. The, uh, Same. The dad thing. Yeah. <laughs> when I would go to work, uh, Bailey would get up, look out the window, and just to see if my van was in the in the driveway. Oh. And that would determine what she'd do for the day. Oh. And so, I, I buy that from Bailey. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so. Dad's not here. And so that just, when I'm gone. Yeah. changes and then when i come home the dynamic changes again mm. because yeah. i know mm. like okay like i gotta straighten up that's because home. that's all yeah. <laughs> uh and really it's every day it's different one thing will work and then the next day it doesn't work yeah. and so you have to figure out what do I need to do to handle the situation? Yeah. And that's, that's like, good. I think the, the understanding of parenting is that you don't have it all together. No. Nobody does. Yeah. We're all trying to figure it out. And yeah. it's like this, the most complex puzzle you've ever put together. It'd be beautiful if you could put it together. We're all just trying to figure out where this piece goes. And I thought it was an edge piece, but maybe it goes right in the center. Right. I don't know today. We're going to try that one. <laughs> but like the dynamic of a spiritual leader at home is to say like, Biblically, we talk about this, or we talk about discipleship. It's like, yeah, Dad, you got to have it together. You got to have your home in order. It's like, well, sure, but what's the reality? Like, and you and you blend a family. I don't think people understand that because not all, not only do you guys have a blended family, and now you have three children of your own, but you guys do so many other things. Like, you're, you're farmers. You know, you have a job. You're involved in other organizations and ministries. Like, you're involved in other ministries. It's not just like. There's one side to discipling at home, and that's parenthood, and that's how simple it is. It's like, no, you have a life. Right. It's hectic. Lots of hats. And there's to kids wear, that are very smart, mm-hmm. very smart at home, and they know exactly what they need to do to get what they want. Yeah. And so, Brie, for you, is it something like, what was it like when when he was gone and Bailey's like looking out the window, like, all right, it's <laughs> oh time? What's God. that like for you? Day in the life, like, <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh. Um, well, I think we've kind of changed that dynamic up a little bit. So Riley's gotten a little bit less strict and Mm -hmm. I've gotten a little bit more strict. So it's a little bit like more of an even playing field. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, those early days were rough and like, we didn't realize it going into it. Mm -hmm. And even in the moment that, Oh my gosh, we went from zero to three in a month. Oh, and yeah. looking yeah. back now, it's like, man, we should have had a little bit more grace with ourselves. For well, sure. it's like again, not zero to three at a newborn phase. Like zero to three is in. Like, well, now they're right. six, six and four, but like. Well, that's my question. Yeah. So, did they? I guess it's hard to say respect you mm-hmm. when kids are at such a young age. But did they view you as a parental role um, when you first took them in, or did that take time to establish? that dynamic? I think it took a little bit of time with Bailey and Thomas, Bailey especially. Mm -hmm. We had a nice long honeymoon stage Mm -hmm. um, where she still called us mommy and daddy Mm -hmm. um, pretty much immediately before they were even in our home full time. Um, But I I don't think at that point she viewed us that way and that's why things Uh were so smooth. And then once she started to view us that way, it was like, hmm. I'm going to test these boundaries. <laughs> she is a strong woman she in the making. Is. She I love is. it. Her leadership skills yes. are uncanny, but. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The leadership skills. She is. Surviving she is. it and, you know, 
making sure they go for good instead of yeah. evil. Right. Well, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, you take these kids, like, she's smart. Jackson, very intellectually, very smart. Mm-hmm. Tommy, like, he's like our son crew, like, could probably run through a wall if you said to do it and would have no problem being like, oh, all right, let's do it. <laughs> it's game time. <laughs> but, like, you're not – the dynamic is that you guys had never had children to raise – and you're taking the three very unique people, and you're like, let's find a balance. And you hear all the horror stories of fostering. Like, we've helped uh, a foster family before. I think they had, like, what did he say, 300 and something kids that have mm. been through their home in the years they yeah, fostered. something crazy. And I'm like, jeez. Like, and, you, and for them, 911 calls, visits to the house that were just normal. And I'm like, I thought that was, like, traumatic. And they're like, no, it's just, <laughs> it's just what it comes with, the yeah. territory. Like, you're trying to raise these kids, but you're also trying to learn them in the beginning and show them love and grace and, like, consistency even. And was that something that you think they had missed out on for so long? Or had they kind of seen it growing up in the system, uh, the foster system to where they finally landed with you, but still obviously uncertain to whether adoption would happen or not? Or Yeah, so most of Thomas's life, he was with... Um, Nicole, who is an amazing woman. Mm -hmm. We're still very good friends, um, still in their lives, Mm -hmm. um, just kind of like an aunt at this point. Um, Really wonderful. Um, So they definitely got a lot of love there, a lot of Mm -hmm. structure. Um, And having that support, you know, transitioning them to our home with Nicole was really helpful. Jackson's previous foster mom was really wonderful as well. Mm -hmm. The whole family was. But they knew... And, you know, how much they understand, I don't know. Mm. But they knew that wasn't their forever home. Jackson definitely knew. I mean, that was a conversation that that wasn't his forever home. He knew they were looking for an adoptive home for him. Um, And so I think that permanency piece really makes a difference. And we saw it with Jackson. People who knew Jackson before he came into our home and then after, Mm. they were just floored. They're like, this kid's done a 180. Oh, wow. Um, And then even... He did it again after he was adopted. Mm. Well, shortly after we started homeschooling was when we really noticed mm-hmm. it with him. And it's just like he's got these layers. So when yeah. he came and he knew that we were his forever home, that one layer came off yeah. and Aww. he was just, you know, slowly starting to. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what this is yeah. all about. Like you, so the whole podcast, like everything we wanted to say is like you have to find your identity in Christ. Well, part of helping them find their identity in Christ is they have to find their own identity first. And Mm -hmm. here are young children who are like, I know this isn't my home. And we haven't even gone through that. We haven't never had that feeling. And they're young kids who are processing those emotions. And then you guys are still like on that other end of like, I, we want this to be their forever home. We just don't know yet. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of play on emotions there, but you're helping them create their identity. And, And with permanency, like, like you said, like, I can't imagine how how simple it sounds. Like, oh, you adopted these children now, but like to put the what reality in, yeah, put put reality here in the middle of it all, and be like, you imagine what those kids felt when they were like, mom and dad, this is your home now. Like, I can't imagine yeah. that feeling. Yeah, and I'm an adult, <laughs> and so that's why I think you know, Riley, we've talked a lot about that. Like as a dad, like those are emotions that I've never had to raise my kids with. I've never had to deal with the battles, you know, some of the struggles that you guys have already gone through in your quick time with the kids. But, like, as a dad, you're trying to lead the home. 
but you've got kids who are waiting for a home forever. And now you're making your family identity now. So has that been something that like you've been like really adamant about or praying for beforehand and you're seeing it kind of play out now? Yeah. Um, going into it, the behaviors um, were off the wall at times. Mm. Um, and it was very stressful. Uh, in the beginning, it definitely wasn't, you know, like we went to church and, you know, trying to get them into involved into the kids yeah. ministry and uh, either one of them, like none of them went to church mm-hmm. um, to my knowledge before yeah. our home. And, and so trying to get through that phase when they first came to us to them actually starting to want to learn more and um, me figuring out what I could do at home. Oh, right. Well, you mentioned a great point. Eric and I talk about this a lot. You got your kids involved around other people, like other kids. And one of the big things we were talking about, especially with your guys' episode, was that like there's this bigger community piece that we kind of downplay. I'll never forget finding you guys in the cafe. We talked and you were like, oh, we're looking for, you were talking about Hands of Hope and you were talking about small groups. And we were like, we'll just come into our small group. I'll never forget when we were able to watch the kids, you know, for for a little bit, um, you know, while you're going through those processes and helping you guys as a care community. And we've turned into like more than a care community through community. We've turned into family. Like we love your kids like their own, there are our own kids. And it's crazy to think about, like, it was just being involved and being with you guys that we've grown to know you guys. But then you mentioned like bringing your kids into this, like they need community just as much Mm -hmm. as you guys did. And I think that's what we forget in the parenting world or in just like a discipleship world is like the person discipling needs to have community to make sure he's, you know, sharing and equipping people. But those other disciples need community with one another just as much as you do, right? Like yeah. our kids need to be around other kids to socialize, to talk, and and especially on Sunday, to learn about Jesus. Like you said, you don't even know if they'd ever heard about Jesus before potentially, right? Mm-hmm. And you now are modeling this is what our family is going to do, and you set the tone for an identity and say what mom and dad value is this. And now to watch our kids hang out, when I was showing Crazy. them those videos we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I was showing our kids that Ren was like, she had to go through everyone. I want to see Jackson. <laughs> I want to see Bailey. I want to see Tommy. And and look, and Tommy and Ren in school together too. Yeah. Like it's just crazy how they, they find their own little community and they love hanging out with each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So have you guys found that community has been a huge part of this journey that yeah. having people on, you know, to help you when you need it, that that's been like, a big piece and helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We could not have done it with you guys, our small group, the littles, just the whole life church community. Like there's just so many people. I feel like, and I've said this to Tammy before we walk in and it doesn't matter when it is, when it is, whether it's a Sunday or a night like this, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the cheers theme song, how they're like, sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And that's like, I'm sure the best feeling just to have Mm -hmm. people who know you and And who have been along. No, it's like, it's like, 
I enjoy seeing their faces. You know, yeah. Bailey and I sing as I'm Bailey, Bailey, Bailey. <laughs> and it's Taylor, Taylor, Taylor. She always yeah. like, that's our thing. Giving every one of them, making sure they get a hug. Like, and I don't want to take, like, I don't want Erica and I up on a soapbox for our small group, but the emphasis, like, yeah. Like people need people. God designed us to be a church for a reason. Like mm-hmm. the church is it's a partnership of the home, like where people can gather, where the lost can hear like about Jesus. And I, we just downplay community so much. And I just remember your guys' story about how like you guys have grown as family to us now, but I'll never forget how you were essentially strangers in a cafe who are like, yeah, we're thinking about fostering some kids the next week and you're babysitting them. And now here we are. Like it's just yeah. a beautiful story of how, it plays out over time and to watch you guys as a family grow on your own. Again, we're, yeah. we're just a partnership. We haven't done anything for you other than say, we love you and we're here. Cause yeah. there was times where we'd watch the kids and I was like, I don't know how they do it. <laughs> Tommy ate us out of the Oreos one time yeah. and chicken nuggets, I think was the other thing. I think well, Bailey more, probably ate you out of your burritos. Oh, yeah. burritos. Yeah. The, the, well, more just so burritos, having burritos. three kids, um, all so close in age that, is hard in itself. Yeah. You know, you don't even have like the age, like the normal age, normal age gaps. They're all like the same age. Yeah. It's like another interesting aspect to it that you guys, you know, it's so unique what you guys have for those little reasons (laughs) like that. But I love seeing kind of like you were saying, you come here and everyone knows who you are, but like just seeing the kids, I feel like they know that they're loved. You know what I mean? Within this community. And so that's, that's what is like Mm -hmm. beautiful to see, um, because I'm sure, and I don't know, I could be speaking out of terms, but I'm sure at times for adopted children, maybe feeling out of place would be, you know, something they experience. So I think just having like this community to to rally around you guys and let them know, yeah, how loved they are is so important, you know? Like to get rooted in something like, yeah. again, just, I I even remember when we were in the Life Kids volunteering and we had the kids in there with us, you know, you watch them from the first times they were ever in church. It's just like anything you would ever expect. It's like, they've never been around this type of structure, this type of uh, community or this type of you know, these lessons, they've maybe never even heard some of these things. And so we have to have grace from the outside looking in of like, these kids might be the first time they're ever hearing about it. Mm -hmm. And like it's same with someone who enters church on Sunday. You don't know if it's the first time they ever have attended, you know, you don't know Mm -hmm. where people are at. So there's a sense of like, let me have grace for these people. And as you walk with them to watch them grow, like Bailey, I used to always like, she would always hang on my arms and I would like walk around but what I realized getting to know Bailey was that she just wanted a hug. Mm. Yeah. And you get to know a person, you get to know the needs and then it be, you form this relationship. That's like, it's really awesome to watch. And you guys have had a lot of opportunity obviously to do that. Has, what was the relationship like then to now? Like, what have you noticed as far as those, maybe those discoveries you've made with like, Oh, this is this kid's love language or, Oh, this is how we communicate to this kid. Maybe some of the goods or maybe even, honestly, some of the bads or things that you're experiencing right now. I don't know if this is trauma-related, but they're very food-motivated, as I'm sure you've picked up on. I love it. Um, So food is their love language. Like, I mean... It really is. If you don't know, like, these kids, (laughs) I mean, there's nothing, like, they are completely healthy. You would look at them, you wouldn't think, but they will come into your house 
And they I will, love it. They'll put you out There's of commission. There's nothing like a good meal, though. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what it is. Like they I relate. Cherry to, I took cherry tomatoes <laughs> to your house one time. The first time, I was like, them. Brie, I was like, are these like four something to like go, you know, go with nope, something? She's like, nope, they just pop them. They yep. love them. And I was like, candy. all right, great. I love it. So, so it's not sure just did. junk food for anybody who's listening. Oh, yeah, no. Like, no. Yeah. Anything. We give them the junk food. Brie yeah. and Riley are way better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we even gave what, Bailey, what, no, Tommy. The pickles? Yeah. Tommy so, pickles, right? For we Christmas. Did. For Christmas, we yes. Oh, my because, goodness, yes. You know, as, as they love us so much. I gave it to him. He opened up. Best thing ever. <laughs> did you, and pickles! Tommy got pickles. So pure. Bailey yeah. got the Doritos. Doritos. We, yeah. Which she calls I, burritos. Ray used to call them burritos, so I called them burritos. So she thinks they're called burritos. <laughs> And oh, okay. What did, I didn't have that. And what did what did uh, what did Jackson get? Jackson got some fruit snacks. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like and again, like expect. you get to find them. That's really like. But their heart is like, no, I love these things. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what's unique about finding a family identity is like, really, it's like it's this big relationship. And the more you get to know someone, the more you speak their language, the yeah. like the easier it somewhat becomes to kind of help accommodate that discipleship process. Like, I mean, I'm sure day one, you're like, we should probably figure out how to get these kids dressed and ready for church. The first time you did a morning routine, the first time you did an evening routine, like, that's probably stressful. I mean, it. I, you have good intentions. Every Sunday, we're late, so. Oh, yeah, I, don't think we I still feel got that. It. Yeah. But, like, but well, that's, what's, that's what's cool, though, is like, but you're still showing your kids that you're going to prioritize going to church. Mm-hmm. You're still figuring out a routine. I mean, goodness, we all are, too. And you're, but you're saying like, even though we might be a little late, it doesn't mean we're not going, we're going to church now. And now those kids, and like you said, Brie, I can't imagine, like we see it with, for our kids too, because there are so many people here that we have found like really, really care about you and your family. But like when people get down and they like just ready to wrap your kid up in a hug and you trust that person and that kid yeah. trusts that person, there's just this sense it's- of like, man, this is what God designed. And this is what he honors. And this is why I think it's so important for us to not forget, like, you just, you don't know where those people are in your life. Like, we would have never thought you guys would, you know, stumble in from northern Indiana down over here and then get involved and yeah. the way it happened. But it's all God designed. Yeah. And so it's up to us almost to just just be obedient and to listen mm-hmm. and just be like, I don't know who's next or who God's going to put in my life. But with every opportunity, I'm going to make everyone's kids feel loved. I'm going to make everyone else feel loved. And how can we, you know, like, I want to show people who Christ is because this is what someone did for me, you know? Yep. Especially the kids that are, have been searching for that for so long. Like, and I can't wait to watch them grow up because I have, like, my <laughs> thoughts of who I think all – everybody's kids. I'm always like, this person's going to be this. Like, our kids. But for your kids, too, like, just to watch them grow up. And you're going to have three teenagers in your house one day. Not to <laughs> Well, watch you. out because oh, Tommy good. says he's marrying Ren. Oh, oh boy. we didn't know this. And and Ren Taylor, if you are watching this, that's a problem. Number one. But, uh, yeah. We'll talk spend all that time in school. Twenty together. plus years from now. And Bailey's marrying Connor Little, which I feel I like, knew that one yeah. was kind of a thing. And I know well Charity that, said that would be Charity told us this that a doozy. Noah has a, a Noah has a crush and when they were in VBS, Noah shut down. Oh. Nelson and Charity's son Noah, he like he was like whenever she was around, he was like Oh gosh, really? Yeah, and like so they, they, it's funny that they find these. But hey, I, these are the in-laws I'm talking about. These are people I hang out with. That's fine True, with me. Good, good point. And but Tom, that's a whole nother Tommy pickles, Tommy can of worms. Yeah. <laughs> but no, like I mean, it's just. But it's cool too. But like, talk, I mean, think about that. We're here talking about a family who's searching for identity. They're blended now. 
Have you guys thought about this? And maybe you haven't, and that's fine. Like, have you thought about their futures now? Like, have you prayed for, like, their spouses? Because, like, you're trying to, like, it feels like you're trying to get all these pieces and put it together. But there's a reality, too, is, like, but these kids need discipled at home. And, like, have you guys thought about some of those things? Or Oh, yeah. 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 Or, so <laughs> yeah. it's very new, though, for us because yeah. up until – Bailey and Thomas were adopted October 12th in Jackson, November 17th of 2022. So up until those points, like we were really just like, let's get through tomorrow. Let's get through Uh this next week, waiting for this court date or that court date and what's going to happen and not knowing if their future was with us um, and what that would look like. So that's still very new to us as it's, you know, only. Well, that's, I think that's one thing that like, I think is a great reminder to us. Like Erica and I have even talked about how like you just get, and hustle and bustle of life. And like you, I mean, I can't imagine you guys are like, we don't even know if these kids are ever are going to be our adopted children or not. Like they could be gone, you know, in the, in a snap of a finger, it seems like I'm sure. Um, but yeah, like we get so busy that sometimes we even forget, like we forget to pray for our kids' futures. And like, it's really important for us though, is like as parents, like we have to intercede and not saying like you're doing anything wrong. Cause again, right. I can't imagine yeah, on Those top of just feelings. being a parent, yes. the added stressors of, like you were saying, like, let's uh, just see let's what, what's going to happen tomorrow. Like, yeah. what's going to happen at the next court date? All yeah. those things, yeah. you know, thrown into the mix. It's well, It sounds so at, simple, but it is hard yeah. almost to remember, like, I, I need to be praying for not just this child today, but for their, their future, future, their you spouse, know, and their, right, their what's to come for them. And yeah. I will say that whole process I think helped us grow in our faith mm. more than mm. anything ever has yeah. in our entire lives. Share about that a little bit. Um, so one thing that we held on to through the whole process, um, you know, cause it's like they could be taken, like we mm. may not get TPR. We may not, you know, they may go back to this bad situation. You just, there were so many unknowns. Mm-hmm. And so what I kept hanging on to was, um, well, both of us really, these kids are not ours. Mm-hmm. Your kids are not yours. Right. Mm-hmm. They're all, it, it's all a gift from God. God, God entrusted us with right. them. So hanging on to that, <clears throat> you know, whether or not they were ours biologically or adopted or mm-hmm. whatever the situation may be, mm-hmm. when God chooses to take that, if he chooses to take mm-hmm. that, that's up to his and his plan mm-hmm. that is far superior than anything that we could ever desire. Right. So that was something that we just clung to. Yeah. <laughs> um, very Something very small, but like yeah, it got having, us through. Having that faith, like it's God's plan. No matter right. what If they stay, happens, God's plan, if they go, God's plan. Like, yeah. We're here we, for a reason. Yeah, we're here whether to be a seed mm-hmm. for them mm-hmm. or to be something that it was permanent. It, it was just every day. It was, you know, like that's wondering. Bold. That's very bold to think about because like that's standing in your faith and saying like things can change, but God put them in your life. Like for, for whatever reason you, maybe you were the ones that were meant to have brought them to church and, you know, like for the first time, but then we'll reflect back and be like, I remember when those people took me to church, but he had so much more for you that you, you know, you didn't see at the time, mm-hmm. Yeah. but like, but you were still faithful to it. And you said, we're still going to do what matters the most to us and, and for them. Mm-hmm. And so sacrificially you were like, this is what we've got to do for a family. We've got to do this for them. And now like you are a family yeah. and you know, you did, 
you know, we did Tommy and, and Bailey's dedication, and you know we we still have to dedicate crew, and we're probably going to do that when you guys do Jackson. Mm-hmm. Like that's a, it's a reality though. The whole idea of dedicating your kid to the Lord is not a, it's not a baptism, it's not them to have it's not this is their salvation or anything like that. It's to say that I am giving God back what's His, yeah, and I am trusting through my faith in God that my kid will come to know him one day and that he would make a profession or she would make a profession of her own faith. So the dedication is a piece to, to, it's kind of a sobering thing. Like God, they were never mine to begin with. They were always yours. I'm the one you've trusted to lead them and to disciple them. And it's humbling because it's like, it puts it in perspective. It does. And it's very sobering to be like, all the circumstances you in mm-hmm. your life could have unfolded. It could. I always tell Erica for our own journey, like our kids, had I taken different orders in the military, wouldn't have reconnected with Erica, and we would have never got back together. What would that have looked like if I had done any anything yeah. different? Like our, our lives would be different. But yet God has us here right now. He's given us these children and, and these people, and even our even us, our marriage. We're stewards. All of us are stewards. And I think that's something we all need to remember. Is like. God's put someone in your life for a reason, and you don't know what that's for. Yeah. But you're called to be faithful, and you're mm-hmm. called to be obedient. And through which is the way such that a you, hard yeah, set the portion. example. Yeah. yeah. Which, but I, what I love about your guys' story that you just said is how your faith has grown mm-hmm. in this. Like how you know surrendering and just being like, okay, like we give it to, back to you god like whatever is going to happen is your will and like we're we're okay with that and that's something that i think is so hard to do because yeah. we want to control situations as much as we can you know what i mean it's it's natural for us to want to hold on to what we can and so mm-hmm. i just love that hearing that, that you guys feel like your faith grew so much um just by trusting so and it's like it's, you know james the testing of your faith yeah like we talk about that all the time but your faith is being tested the whole time you were foster parents. Yeah, right. And it Whether you think is that still, way or not. and it will continue to be. But like it talks about this idea of like kind of bear up under these circumstances and trust in God because at the end of the day, he's in control of everything. Mm-hmm. It, Mike's, I don't remember what all was going on during this sermon, but the one thing that stuck out to me was um, you can't half cheek it on the throne with God. Like mm-hmm. he's in charge. Yeah. And I just, that whole week I'm like, yeah. Because the Revelation series, I think, was what. Yeah. 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 So I'm like, I've, I've got to get my cheek off this throne because <laughs> I'm trying so hard, yeah. you know, to, to push and force. And it's just like once you let go and let God. Yeah. It, yeah. So many beautiful things happen. Yep. Yeah. And I, I, I have to share the story because it's been in the back of my mind since it happened. But like, again, I found like the happiness of this like hallmark time in your home. So. Just as from an outsider's perspective, you had called me about your rooster. Yeah, we're going to share it. Oh, Oh, here we go. So Bree and Riley have a farm. They have cows. They have chickens. And uh, there's a rooster that was was, uh, particularly (laughs) large. I don't think I've ever seen a rooster this big. I told Mike how big it was. He was like, no way. And Bree was actually there that day. I was like, how big was that rooster? And he was like, there's no way. And she said, I was like, it's a big sucker. And so... Bree had reached out to me and was like, and Riley too is like, Hey, if this rooster keeps getting out of hand, it keeps attacking the, the kids. Like, can you come take care of it? And I'm like, yep, let me know. And 
one day Bree Bree said, I've tried. I've had enough. He's got to go. I was sitting in there. I was like, Erica, I've got a task today. I'll never forget. It starts snowing out. And I'm like, this is the perfect time. We get out to the house. And there's a pitchfork out front. I'm like, that's probably what. Bites and it was. With, yeah. So I get inside and, you know, I don't even remember what the kids said when I first came over to the house. But I was like, all right, let's go get this done. And the kids stay in the house. And we Bree walks me down to their barns, and I've got my 20-gauge, and it's birdshot. It's not even a slug. So it's just it, – it was just going to make a big fluffy mess. So we get out of the barn, and there's this big old sucker, and he's just, like, <laughs> puffed up walking at us. And Bree just, like, hitting him away because behind him is cows. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to shoot that way. And I was like, just make sure you get out of the way. I'll find a spot. I'll take a good shot. So I'm over there to help them out because, you know – Sullivan's need help getting rid of this, this bird. I walk over there and I, boom, I unload on this thing and feathers go everywhere. And I kind of look at Bree. I was like, all right, yeah, it was, you know, not as messy as I thought it was going to be. And, uh, and then the head rears up and it's like, (laughs) and I was like, hang on, step back. I got to shoot it again. So I load up again. And this thing just like going crazy. I go boom. And it like takes its last breath and croaks. I turned around and Riley mentioned before how the kids look out the window, and I look back at their house, and all of them were sitting in the window with their mouths open, just like watching it all. And I was unfold. like, "Oh shoot!" <laughs> they watched the whole thing take place. So that was a hallmark moment. To you. Let me let me let me say why. <laughs> because I watched this family oh like the way their family was before, like they were all together in their home, and they were talk like they talked about this chicken and yeah. how Bree was like protecting. There, there was these three kids that we knew they were foster children and here they are in a home and they're talking about yeah. their home, their chicken, their rooster, like their cows, their things. Yeah. And they were in their home. I got to walk into that. Obviously I came to shoot the rooster. <laughs> you were like, their hero though. But, I, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. I did get, I will say that they do thank me, even though it was, we kind of had to explain to them because the, I think Tommy wanted to go like pick it up or something. <laughs> I was like, well, you know, maybe I was like, mom, you want to have that conversation? Cause I don't want to, <laughs> mine would just be like, no, nah, he's dead. Like, <laughs> um, but like I got to, to walk into your home while it was chaotic for you and watch your family be like, but this is us and we have so a chicken good. and it's, a, mm-hmm. and you're protecting your kids. And, and then yeah. it was just like, I walked into that and I loved it. And then the hallmark moment for me is kind of also looking back and watching these <laughs> the kids look out the window <laughs> it's snowing outside and uh, boom. I can't imagine what that's going to do to them. And I'm sorry for that. I Uh, asked them, I said, did you guys see mommy get attacked by that rooster? Because they are always looking out that window. And she baby goes, no, I didn't see you get attacked, but I saw it get pewed by Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a big cloud of feathers. So don't get me wrong. Nobody was sad. Like that chicken, we... He it, had to go. He had to go. I could already tell by the way he came up after I me. think I was the only one sad about it. I was oh, like, can yeah. it just, do you think, like, go somewhere else? Can they, like, Then I came home and she goes, it? chicken killer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, listen, I was doing a family of service here, right? I get it. There though. was no I way you would have been able to catch it, to take it. It was, yeah, no, I, bad well, Riley, I you had that. like, we had like a nine that you were going to use. And I was like, you'd waste yeah. a lot of ammo on that thing, knowing that 20 gauge <laughs> took two good shots. Jeez, I, I, I was ready to do, go take care of it myself. And he's like, call Taylor. Do not do it yourself. <laughs> I don't know. That thing probably would have never died. The, the I don't think it would have. But no, like, but again, I, I it was so cool <sighs> to watch your your journey and what your the journey you're still on to watch it happen. And and this is true for I'm sure anybody who's in that place of life where like you maybe just need to be reminded sometimes, like, if you're being intentional the whole time, like with what you're doing, 
your home becomes a home and you might not even recognize it. Don't be afraid to step back sometimes and be like, you know what? Like, it's been so busy. I'm trying to get the kids to do these things and I'm busy with all of these things. And, but like right now my kids are here saying these phrases, like I love it here. Or, I'm home or these are our chickens, things that they never had. So just to walk into that and be yeah. a part of it was awesome uh, to see and to be a part of obviously circumstances given, but no, <laughs> yeah, it's been really true. cool to watch you guys continue to like find your family identity. And the other thing I wanted to share um, with that was, so you mentioned how Riley, like how the kids were maybe not even going to church. You guys brought them here. Mm-hmm. Well then for Jackson's adoption, when we were here at the cafe of hope, we're having that lunch. Bailey came up to me and was just, just told me the entire story of Jonah. So mind you, a kid, she's six years old in two, a matter of two years. How many times has she heard, you know, Jonah and the whale, you know, maybe a couple, I don't know how often our curriculum teaches it, but like, yeah, sure. It's a easier one for kids to learn, but she did like not just a little bit of Jonah and the whale. She did the entire thing. Mm -hmm. She was like, so there once was a man named Jonah and he was supposed to go to Nineveh. And like, she's, I'm like, Whoa, (laughs) like, where is this coming from? What, what was cool though. So she's telling this whole story and you guys were telling me it wasn't even like, we think we have to sit down and we have to control. This is what we read as a family. Not that it's wrong, but you said you bought a toy. They were gifted a toy for their adoption. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it told them Bible stories and they're Mm -hmm. fascinated with this thing. They yeah. love this thing. I'm gonna we'll link it, I think, in the description yeah, for this because we we talked about buying it. It's in our Amazon cart. Mm-hmm. Um, but like how again, the simplicity of like don't overthink it. Sometimes there's other resources that can help you as parents mm-hmm. um teach your kids. Because there's a lot of things influencing them. But I just thought it was cool that Bailey learned an entire story of the Bible from this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. I know for her, um going into this community here in life kids uh she's grown so much too yeah uh she during dinner we you know we do our prayer Mm -hmm. and it's just just me that does it we let the kids participate oh yeah those are my favorite who wants who wants to do it yeah and going from like the like they had no idea what to say in the beginning to now like bailey is really into it and the vocabulary <laughs> with it is really yeah, impressive really yeah. impressive like she look the first time she said this was uh she she talked about like the might you know mighty god mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. using the word mighty mm-hmm. yeah, for her, yeah, uh, huge. and it's like i know like that was picked up here oh, yeah. yeah and that's Probably. well that's, that's like so the good. partnership that, thing the, yeah. So the curriculum we use is it's it's the whole basis of why it's called orange is because there's the red and the yellow. It's the church and the home, and they together they make one. Mm-hmm. It's so like, and Mike's preached this before too. If you go back and look at the the um, original design series, like he just talked about this, like there is a partnership from the church and the home. The home can do one thing. You should come here. And learn and be equipped, but we're here to help partner with you, not to take control over, but mm-hmm. you guys doing prayers at your home, taking ownership of your faith, showing them the ropes and bringing them here is how we work together to equip one another. And like we learn as a church too, like from like how to teach someone like Bailey or Thomas, like we're always learning something together and it 
takes us working together to really make strong disciples. And again, to watch them grow from their faith, this, this, this childlike faith in two years, not even, is crazy to know that these kids are capable of learning so much right yep. now. Mm-hmm. And yep. so and there's a pressure, like it puts a lot of pressure on us. Like, man, I've got to really do a lot at home. It's like, well, you do, but you really just got to be like really intentional. Yeah. I think a lot of it too is just like, there's not an aspect of our lives, and I'm not preaching, like, you know, saying right. we're on a high horse or anything, but there's not an aspect of our life that isn't, like, touched by God. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, the music we listen to, the people we hang out with, mm-hmm. the activities we do, like, you've got to be intentional about incorporating mm-hmm. God into all of that. Yeah, and yeah. everything. Not just the yep. things you know, but the way that you live. And, yeah. you know, we do make mistakes, but we le- we learn from them. And, you know, I, I think it's just really important as parents for us to always be considering how can I get my kids to know Jesus? Whether that's whether that's through other people, whether that's through my own home, uh, whether that's through the things I allow them to watch and listen to. Like, mm-hmm. how are we allowing them to see and seek Jesus? And I think you guys are a great testament of how, in a short period of time, this blended family becoming the Sullivans um, has really found that identity and continuing to find that identity. It's been really really cool to watch. Yeah. Um, and so before we end today's episode. Uh, first thing we got to do is we got to show you guys the answers to your questions. Yes. And so we're going to take a quick moment and we're going to snip in the videos that you guys took of the kids so you guys can hear what their answers were to our questions. Mr. Jackson, what? why are you thankful that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead for us? Because uh, we get to go to heaven. Bailey James, what? how do we celebrate Easter? We get candy and go to church. Tommy V? I'm not Tommy V. I'm Tommy Baylor Sullivan. Okay, Thomas Baylor Sullivan. What? What does the Easter Bunny have to do with Easter? Celebrate God's birthday. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, so... Uh, again, guys, thanks for being here. Before we go, though, uh, Bree, I wanted to make this kind of plug because you guys are a part of an organization here at Life Church called Hands of Hope. So, can you tell us a little bit about Hands of Hope, how that affected your journey, what it does, and so people can maybe understand a little bit about how to get involved? Sure. So, Hands of Hope is a foster and adoptive parent support group. We have different trainers that come in and we lead discussions. And we just really want to provide that fellowship for anybody who has, who is fostering, who's thinking about fostering, or who has adopted. Um, that's a really big reason we came here and mm. a good way we got plugged into a lot of different things. Mm. We meet on the third Monday of every month. The meal starts at 530 and then the training starts at six. Um, so we provide the meal. Uh, we have child care. And if you are a current foster parent you get training credits as well that's awesome so again we'll put more information in our descriptions Mm -hmm. about that but we wanted to make it known this is how the sullivan's kind of you know this was a part of their journey and for anyone out there who's maybe thinking or considering about not just fostering or adopting but maybe ways to partner with and and to help out because there's there's the kids coming with the families as as those nights happen and i think it's a great ministry um that happens here at life church too so guys we want to thank you again so much yes. uh, for being thank here with so us thank you we love you guys we're blessed to know you and we'll see you guys next week 
Thank you guys for joining us on today's episode with Bree and Riley Sullivan. We really hope you enjoyed hearing from them. For more information and resources, please visit our Life Church Huntington app. You'll go to resources, finding the family, and all additional information will be there. We look forward to seeing you guys next time.